Hi, welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. I'm so excited um, that you're here and um, I'm excited to chat with you. Today, we are going to be talking about how to be kind to others. This will be quick and easy little chat, right? Well, you can only guess I have a lot to say on this topic, but I wanted to first um, start with a quote by Carl Rogers. Um, He said that this process of the good life is not, I am convinced, a life for the faint-hearted. It involves the stretching and growing of becoming more and more of one's own potentialities. It involves the courage to be. It means launching oneself fully into the stream of life. And it is so true. It's not easy. Life of courage is not easy. A life of compassion and kindness and grace and gratitude isn't easy. I want you to think about your loved ones, a cute little dog, a chubby little baby. And that's easy to feel kindness towards those those images that we've created in our mind. But then let's talk about the person that cut you off in traffic or your significant other who is on your last nerve. Obviously, that would never happen in my case. Just kidding. Um, Or even the person on the corner asking for money. You see throughout our lives and our days and our hours, we are called to live compassionately. But it can be difficult, and that's putting it mildly, it can be difficult at times to remember to be kind when the going gets tough. First, what do we need to do or where do we even start? Um, And how do we be kind to others? Like if, if, if it was so easy, we'd just do it, right? So this is a dense topic and there are so many research studies and there are so many books about this. But today I want to focus on how to live a life of compassion. Before we get started, I want to remind you that we first need to do the tough work on ourselves before we will be able to be kind to others with our full heart. So work on your self-compassion skills. And this is a daily practice, but I know you can do it. It's worth it. It's so worth it. And if you need um, a, a reminder, I have um, the the three easy steps listed on my um, blog. So go um, to my website and you can and easily get access to those. And of course, We want compassion. As the Dalai Lama famously said in the book, The Art of Happiness, if you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. So of course that's what we want. But what does compassion really even mean? Compassion is to endure something with another person, to put ourselves in someone else's shoes to feel her pain as though it were our own, and and to enter into his point of view. So it is with this that compassion can be defined as an attitude of principled, consistent altruism. At its Latin roots, compassion means to suffer with. If you haven't read it already, I highly recommend reading Karen Armstrong's book, 12 Steps to a Compassionate Life. You can also visit her website to find her Charter for Compassion at charterforcompassion.org. But anyway, in her book, she shares concrete methods to help us cultivate and expand our capacity for compassion and provides a reading list to encourage us 
to hear one another's narratives. And I think this is so powerful. And, and one of the reasons I started Lives of Courage, because I know that our stories and our narratives will inspire us, inspire others with examples and opportunities to learn from others. Karen Armstrong teaches us that becoming a compassionate human being is a lifelong project and a journey filled with deep rewards. Steps in her book include learning about compassion, finding compassion for yourself, empathy, mindfulness, action. And her last step is love your enemies. Wow, that's easy. So uh, we'll talk more about this later. And, and I know this is what drives people away from compassion and learning about themselves and this work. But I promise it is worth the work. And we will get to um, empathy and, and then in a later um, podcast, we'll cover mindfulness and um, other other areas. So Karen Armstrong says compassion is like driving a car. You don't learn to drive by reading the owner's manual. You must get behind the wheel and get into traffic. Absolutely. So this is how to understand and define compassion. But where does compassion come from? Is it a standard issue human trait? We know that primatologists, biologists, neuroscientists, and psychologists have become have uncovered more data suggesting that compassion is an evolved part of human nature. Dasher Keltner, Dr. Keltner, a professor of psychology at UC Berkeley and co-director of the Greater Good Science Center, and they also have a fantastic podcast that I think everyone should listen to. Well, they call, those in this field call um, this um, the compassionate instinct this idea that we have evolved um, and that we have an instinct towards compassion. Scientists are finding that when we feel compassion, it triggers areas of our brain associated with positive emotions and pleasure, as well as the production of oxytocin, a hormone that promotes nurturing, trust, generosity, and long-term bonds. Research is also revealing that compassion is instrumental in activating the vagus nerve, which is linked to our tendencies for caretaking, kindness, and compassion. It's incredible to me that they can measure the vagal nerve activation and those with high activation in a resting state, they have found are more prone to feeling emotion and that feeling the emotions that promote altruism. So that is compassion, gratitude, love, happiness. And there's a Dr. Eisenberg, I think. Yeah, yeah, an Arizona State University professor. She's found that children with elevated vagal tone, so high baseline vagus nerve activity, are more cooperative and likely to give. So it's essentially that we have learned that compassion is hardwired into our brains and bodies. But how do we train ourselves and others, for that matter, to have more compassion? Just as we talked about last week as it relates to self-compassion, having compassion for others involves the following qualities. Empathy, strength, forgiveness, and kindness. So living out these four principles is what Lives of Courage is all about. So let's go through these individually. First, we'll start with empathy. 
Empathy is the ability to take the perspective of another person while being non-judgmental, recognizing the emotions that they are feeling, and being able to convey their perspective back to them. So uh, this always confuses me, um, or used to confuse me at times. So empathy means that you feel what a person is feeling. Sympathy means that you can understand what the person is feeling. And compassion is the willingness to relieve the suffering of another. But it's cyclic. Our ability to feel empathy for others lays the foundation for being kind, charitable, and compassionate. And the more we realize or personalize others' experiences, the more we challenge misconceptions or generalizations of others and begin to understand the, and I say this in quotes, other as ourselves. So it goes beyond recognizing another situation. It's being able to imagine oneself inhabiting it. And there are four operations of empathy. The first is to observe and just show unconditional positive regard. So that's our non-judgmental stance. The second step is to take their perspective, which means to enter the perceptual world of the other and experience the feelings and personal meanings and thoughts of the other person. This is important because it increases the ability to really understand that person. And next, we're going to listen and understand. Listening accurately means listening sincerely to the speaker and being able to reflect feelings and thoughts accurately. This is an important aspect because listening accurately, you can get a sense of the other person's world correctly and help even help them understand their own feelings, thoughts, and, and meanings and help them become more congruent with themselves. And eventually this can lead to broader awareness and more openness to new insights. I am so taken by Carl Rogers, who I mentioned before, his um, work in this area on listening deeply and accurately. Also, Marshall Rosenberg, psychologist and founder of the Nonviolent Communication um, Movement Program Intervention, said what is essential in our ability to be present to what's really going on is to listen and, and, and feel the unique feelings and needs of a person and what they are experiencing at that very moment. So I think it's really um, clear to listen and understand. And then last, we can connect and show compassion. And this is so important and so necessary when we think about um, empathy as it relates to compassion. We know that empathy is the interpersonal skill that can be viewed as part of emotional intelligence. And we'll talk about emotional intelligence on another podcast. But empathy is the cornerstone for healthy human relationships. And it's interesting to note that according to our latest neuroscience research, 98% of people have the ability to empathize wired into their brains, an inbuilt capacity for stepping into the shoes of others and understanding their feelings and perspectives. And our relationships, even with ourselves, our family, those around us, our friends, the pushy customer in business, and even our relationship with God or a higher power, everything we do revolves around 
working on these relationships. And I, it, 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 there's so much to this, but we all can feel empathy. And we think of those um, on the, you know, with autism spectrum disorder diagnosis. And we know that there are two types of empathy and that we can't necessarily that one say that they can't feel empathy because they do. And we see it in our kids. We see it in the way that they are able to reach out and and express love. And um, regardless of whether being verbal or nonverbal, we know it is inside of us. I like the work of neuroscientist Tanya Singer and Olga, whose name I can't pronounce, but they conducted studies comparing compassion and empathy. So they assigned two groups um, to either train in empathy or compassion. The research revealed fascinating differences in the brain's reaction to the two different types of training. First, the empathy training activated motion in the area of the brain linked to emotion and self-awareness, and um, and and also um, the consciousness um, in this anterior cingulate cortex. But I don't think that's of interest to most of you, but it is to me. Okay, the compassion group, however, stimulated activity in the area of the brain connected to learning and reward in decision making as well as activity in the area connected to the reward systems. So they led to different emotions and attitudes towards action as well. The empathy train group actually found empathy uncomfortable and troublesome. The compassion group created positivity in the minds of the group members. They ended up feeling kinder and more eager to help others than those in the empathy group. This just, this just, shattered my mind. I, was, I, I couldn't understand it, but I know that compassion takes empathy and sympathy a step further. And an important distinction between empathy and compassion is how they o- affect your overall, overall well-being. I often am in the pain of another person, and I am overwhelmed by that. I see folks who are struggling and and children who are hurting and I feel like there's no way out and this is a common problem for caregivers and health providers it's been labeled as empathy fatigue compassion though research would suggest is a renewable resource when you're able to feel empathy but then extend a hand to alleviate someone else's pain you are less likely to feel burnout When you're compassionate, you feel the pain of another, i.e. empathy. You can recognize that the person is in pain, like sympathy, and then you do your best to alleviate that person's suffering, which leads us to the second quality of a compassionate life. So when we look at the qualities of compassion, our second quality is strength, facing suffering. When you're compassionate, you're not running away from suffering. You're not feeling overwhelmed by suffering and you're not pretending it doesn't exist. When you are practicing compassion, you stay present with the suffering. I am um, empathetic. We feel the pain of others acutely and, and, and deeply. And I believe it's possible to be too empathetic 
Could feeling deeply for someone else's pain or sorrow actually hurt you? And yes, it can be debilitating. I've seen that in my own work um, where I, I, I took on the pain of the other and couldn't do anything to help them. So when we become too distressed about the suffering of others, we don't have the cognitive and emotional resources available to do much to help them. Having compassion, a cognitive understanding of how they're feeling, is better for our own well-being and and the well-being of those in need. So that is the strength of facing suffering. Next on our qualities of um, compassion is forgiveness. And this is is um, if you might know my story, um, this is one of the deepest and, and hardest things in my life. But a dear mentor once said to me, you can't hate someone if you know their story. And so I, I um, experienced a deep trauma and I held on to that pain and fear and anger for so long. And then I realized that that was allowing my attacker to still control me. So I chose to forgive. I know that forgiveness is my choice. It is our choice. And to me, this is the most difficult to realize and take action on. This is the most difficult for living a life of compassion. And I will save a long discussion about forgiveness for another post. But there you go. That's just a brief little snip snippet. And so then we're left with kindness. And I love this. Karen Armstrong calls on us to create spots of time for other people when you show little, nameless, unremembered acts of kindness and love. So we can all think about acts of kindness that have made a difference in our lives and have mattered to us and what we've done for others and how it made us feel. Um, so I want you to think about that. And finally, um, I just want to recommend a site um, called Compassionate. They're a nonprofit organization and a global movement whose mission is to inspire daily compassionate actions and attitudes. They envision a world where compassion is practiced by every person, for every person, on every day. You sometimes, if we haven't lost them, um, and, and then we refine them. It's our it's amazing how our house is so magical in that aspect. But my family wears compassionate bracelets, and you can go to their website and order them. You can flip them over when you've done your compassionate action the day that day it just helps us remember and remind ourselves that we choose this that we can act and take action um, to create a more compassionate world and then we can talk about that so guess what we're um, nearing the end and I wanted to talk to you about what you can do this week a little homework so I want you to reflect on the four qualities of compassion empathy strength, forgiveness, and kindness. What matters to you? And how does compassion show up in your own life? And how do you show it to others? We know that compassion is just like any other skill. The more we practice it, the stronger it gets. So also think about some ways you might work to expand your, expand your compassion by showing care and concern for others. And I also want you to think about the simple act of listening with your full presence. 
can be one of the most compassionate acts that you offer. And I would, I would say that compassionate listening has become increasing, increasingly rare as technology and phones and our busy lives pull us away um, often. And we get beeps and dings and chimes. So I want you to think about how you can listen fully this week and, and, and do it and, and take that action. And finally, and this, is, this requires a lot of work, but I want you to to practice self-compassion every day as well, because we know that we can't be kind to others, as our podcast title suggests, unless we're kind to ourselves first. So I want to thank you so much for staying with me um, and listening to another podcast of Lives of Courage. If you have any questions, if you want to be on the podcast, I really want to invite you to reach out to me. It's a very courageous thing to do, to reach out to me. So I... um, your my website is jessicastong.com or lives of courage or you can email me at hello at jessicastong.com thanks again and have a wonderful week remember you can be kind to others